Blog Talk Radio. Okay, good morning. I'm going to, I like it because this is such a special show and it needs a little uh, special music. Let's see if it'll come through here in a second. I don't know. It's, it's, I guess there's a great long lead in here. All right, forget the music. Anyway, let's just jump into it. Um, Monday, April 27th, my birthday. So this is, this is a little birthday present to me. And I had wow, a little brief chat, birthday. but we have Rebecca, my, uh, I'm going to call her the main host today because she put this together. And Vic Seller, who, uh, Zeller, who's uh, from, um, wh- where are you from, Vic? Westport, Mass., south of Fall River. Okay, great. So we were just talking a little bit. Why don't you bring us, uh, you and Rebecca, bring the audience up to speed and how you met and what's going on, and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll go from there. Great. You know, Vic, I remember how we met, actually. It was probably about 20 years ago, and you invited an author who had written a book about UFOs and the Bible to visit your classroom. You're a physics teacher, and I saw it in the paper, and I went in and checked it out, and that was the first time we met. Okay, that was Barry Downing who wrote the book about the Bible and flying saucers. That's right, yeah. At at Bristol Community College. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know something, I, I forgive me, I should have done this right off the shot. I'm going to read your uh, bio here, Vic, uh, okay. or at least an introduction. Uh, Vic Zeller, you attended Brown University. You're a retired professor of physics and astronomy. You encountered several UFO sightings and joined an international organization dedicated to scientific research and investigation of UFOs and alien craft. And today you're going to give us your expertise as a scientist. I mean, that's the thing that gives you credibility above, you know, a lot of people who have uh, UFO encounters and stories. So there you go, and let's continue. Go ahead, Rebecca. I'll throw it back to you. Oh, yeah, great. Well, why don't you tell us um, some about your something about your experiences that you've had as a MUFON agent? That was the other time I connected with you because I was looking for someone to share what had happened to me and. You were the expert in town, because so you've heard all the stories. What were some of the ones that stand out? Okay. First of all, as a teaching astronomy there, I told my students back in 1972 when we opened the planetarium that I had seen a couple UFOs. I was interested in what's out there in the universe, and if anybody had any unusual stories about UFOs, unusual sightings, they should let me know, and I have several hours if I could talk about local sightings and things like that. And since we had this series of programs at Bristol Community College, we had Stanton Friedman, national expert, talk about UFOs, picked up some more stories there, and we had Bud Hopkins from New York City. If anybody's listening from there, they can check out Intruders Foundation. And Linda Moulton Howe has talked about UFOs and animal mutilations and things like that, and she has a website called earthfiles.com where you can check out anything related to the environment, UFOs, and all of that. And as far as stories go, a lot of them are identifiable, like at least once or twice a year I have people tell me about something strange moving, strange color, and find out it's the moon. Other things are planet Venus and Jupiter, But there are some more interesting stories of lights that come down from above, and they scoot along a river here right above the surface and take off into the sky. About 10 years ago, 
on Route 88 here in Westport, there was uh, a group of students in a bus at night and something like a merry-go-round, if you can imagine several layers of merry-go-rounds with all kinds of colored swirling lights came down from the sky, came down around this minivan, swirled around it a few times and took off, and that was seen by about 10 people. And then on earthfiles.com about a year ago, the same type of thing was sketched out by some people that had seen something elsewhere. And right a few miles from this house, there is a woman and her husband who are sitting outside at a table and just having coffee or tea in the afternoon, and this big disc thing came by, came over their head. They could see it, and it just sort of stayed there and moved around a little bit, and they heard or felt in their heads a large number of sounds that sounded like people talking in different languages all at the same time, and they Hmm. thought it was going to come down and take them away, but it didn't, and then it just took off again. And the same kind of a story happened out in Fargo, near where my good friend is. A woman was out at 1 o'clock in the evening looking at the northern lights in around the year 2000. And it's wide open out there, and she saw this light moving around in the distance, and it came closer and closer and swirled around. And it came over her head, and it was a big disc-type thing like the people in Westport have seen. And while she was there looking up to it, she heard all these different sounds and voices in her head, like people talking with different languages, trying to communicate with her. And she, too, thought maybe that was going to come down and take her away. But at that time, her husband came out of the house. This is at 1 in the morning, carrying a little baby they had to see what she was doing, and the UFO took off. So this is a pretty interesting type of thing. And I could go on and on, but, uh, including and the... And so what did you... Uh... What did you see, Vic? That that you know, were you? Uh, did you always have an interest in this, or was it when you actually had an encounter? Because you know, there was probably. About her. Yeah, I Go haven't ahead. had anything close where I have actually seen any of these types of beings or creatures. But way back in 1962, in Norton, Massachusetts, I was walking along the country road, and it was quite dark. I was walking along with a girlfriend at the time. And it's just a straight country road with trees on each side, 30, 40, 50 feet, something like that high. And we looked down the road and saw this series of five lights in a horizontal line. They're sort of gray, bluish, white, nothing too bright. And it's coming closer and closer and closer. And finally it got up closer to us, so I'd look up at a 45-degree angle. I could see it looked like the shape of a V, and directly overhead, one, two, three, four, five of these pale blue white lights directly overhead, and each of them was maybe eight to ten feet in diameter. No sound, no noise, no wind, no nothing. And it just continued going, and we turned around and saw it go away the other way and just sort of disappear as a horizontal line. So that really got me interested in that type of thing. We had no idea what it was, and it was has to be within 50 feet because we know about how tall the trees are and it was just above the treetop level and way back about that time i found eric von daniken's book chariots of the gods which investigates yeah you know it's funny because before we did the show i was making a little breakfast and that's uh one of the things that came into mind maybe a little esp or whatever but yeah please please uh talk about that 
<laughs> okay. Chariots of the Gods I recently reread, and it's really quite amazing that he had uncovered so many ideas like 40, 50 years ago that are still current today about uh, strange buildings around the earth that couldn't possibly have been built with ancient technology, you know, stones and chisels and stuff like that. And what got me more interested in that is that we went down to Virginia Beach last fall. The ARE, Association of Research and Enlightenment, started by Edgar Cayce in the last century, has these conferences called Ancient Mysteries. And he was the speaker there for the first time. And he spoke for two hours on and on about all different types of things around the world and from the Bible, Ezekiel, and that spacecraft that he saw, and he went up in space with them and things like that, and talked about chambers under the pyramids in Egypt, under the Great Pyramid, 160 feet down with a lake, a small pool down there with a, a sarcophagus in it, and that type of thing. So if you are a curious person, you can investigate Eric Von Daniken and... That book and other ones, you can investigate Michael Cremo, C-R-E-M-O. He's written a book, Forbidden Archaeology, about all the ancient mysteries that have been covered up by current places. Now, do you so feel... Go yeah. ahead, Rebecca. Go ahead. Well, I'm wondering if he, he has a sense that we are getting ready to disclose, um, because there's so much coming out now in the media, on television and... Um, even uh, remember when Edgar Mitchell came forward and said on Larry King, I've met them. And, yes, Roswell really happened. And then he was kind of, um, we didn't hear any more from him. Yeah, he was told to be quiet from mm. what I hear. There's this fellow, Richard Dolan, who's doing a lot of work on uh, UFO secrecies and cover-ups and uh, hidden technologies that... Uh, Lockheed, perhaps, and other companies have that we don't have in our daily lives. He's talking about that, and he said he's a good friend of Edgar Mitchell. And Edgar was saying that we already have these alien technology, and he said at a conference a couple of years ago that Edgar was told to shut up, basically. Mm. So, so he hasn't really said much of anything lately other than he's, he's working with uh, mind, body, and consciousness because he had a mystical experience when he was on the moon looking back to the earth. So he's doing that type of thing. And I think he really knows a lot because he really did grow up in Roswell, New Mexico, and he knew the people that there were talking about the crashed saucer back then, Brazil and these other people. So he went out there and investigated that a long time ago. And yes. he's and up he in his 80s. He spoke out and said to the world that um, it really happened, and they had alien beings. Maybe they were dead, but, you know, um, and he's seen them, he even said on Larry King. So that that was sort of a interesting statement to make, and nobody kind of got really shook up about it. <laughs> no, a lot of things are, are said, and it's just sort of dropped by the major media. So mm. I find it curious, going back to your idea about disclosure about these things, I would say it's been at least six years now that the History Channel has been doing these programs, ancient aliens, ancient mysteries, that type of things, and there's some new ones coming out on Friday night and a new Hangar 1 on Friday night. And 
I wonder why are they doing this for five or six years over and over again? The mysteries, the the Bibles, the UFOs, ancient technology is an interesting one. If this has been going on for six years and nobody has shut them down, so mm. more people are finding out about this. I'm, I mentioned even my dentist is watching these programs and some neighbor people. So it's, I think it's a very slow, increased awareness of the other people or peoples, whatever they are in the universe, and how they interact with us. And why do you think there's such um, Yeah, why, why is there such an effort to squash all of this by the government? I mean, they just don't want to people to be afraid, or they want to harness the technology for themselves? I think you could come up with five answers, and they're all correct. Uh, yeah. One of them's got to do with money, in my opinion. You've got uh, a lot of companies making money with oil, coal, and gas, and if you have this energy out of space type things that are electromagnetically powering these craft, you might not need so much of the other things. But a a different historical perspective is about 15 years ago, I met a fellow who was an aircraft mechanic in Roswell in 1947 when this thing crashed. Wow. And he said that... He was there working on an airplane once and walked out the door and some pilots had a piece of what looked like metal on the ground, like a square yard or so, looked like aluminum foil. And he said they were laughing and joking about it. Somebody hit it with a sledgehammer and it would dent and it would come back to shape. Another one tried to cut it with the shears and he couldn't cut it. And another one got a big torch out and tried to burn a hole in it and he couldn't do anything with it. And then a base security officer came by and said, where did you get that? You can't have that, and took it away. So he said he saw that. And more than that, he said you have to look back to that time. The United States government was a good guy, so to speak. We had just won the war. We had atomic bombs, the biggest Air Force, all of that. We had just won the war, and people trusted the government and all of that. He said he and others were called into a hangar, and there was a lot of people there, so this happened several times, and the base commanding officer said, something has happened out in the desert. We have this strange pieces of whatever. We don't know what it is. We don't know if it's the Russians or whatever, and we think it might be a security threat, and we don't want you to say anything about it. Because uh, we had the B-36s, the radar, the atomic bombs, all of that. We were the best in the world, and they were concerned, didn't know what it was. So they were mm. told to be quiet, and he said he did. He didn't say anything about it till maybe 20 years ago when you're getting more on the Internet, radio, and TV about crash saucers and cover-ups and all of that. But he said way back then the government was a good guy, and they said be quiet about it. They did. Interesting mm-hmm. history. Well, I'll introduce you, uh, too. I, I just want to say, ahead, I met a woman whose husband was an executive with Lockheed, and um, she came to one of my workshops, and she told me that she knew for a fact that we have reverse-engineered um, alien craft because we've studied them. And there's a man, Lazar, who came forward and said um, he was one of the scientists that worked on, or engineers that worked on the reverse-engineering. But... Um, Maybe we have them, too, now, too. That's, that's why we don't really know what we're looking at sometimes. 
But, you know, I liked the story you told me the other day about the Tomahawk missile. That was fascinating. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. On Hangar 1, which was the first mm-hmm. program they started of this season on the History Channel, Hangar 1, the MUFON program, M-U-F-O-N, they went back to investigate interactions between our war machines and UFOs. And in 1968, in the Gulf of Tonkin, we had these phantom aircraft with Tomahawk missiles on them, and they were flying around, and these UFOs showed up, the ball of light type of thing. And back then, they tried to chase them, and they were ordered to try and shoot them down. Well, they shot a couple Tomahawk missiles at uh, a UFO or two, and the missiles and the UFOs disappeared. The next day, UFOs appeared down near something uh, much bigger than a patrol boat, like a small destroyer. And these things came down and fired missiles at the destroyer. Blew a hole in the side, killed a couple people. They said it injured 30, and there were a couple of these missiles fired at it. And they checked and found some pieces of the missiles that were fired by the UFOs, and they found a serial number. And the serial number was the serial number of a tomahawk that had been fired the day before by the Phantom jet. Oh now, that's pretty astounding, which means whatever this is, has the technology to capture a missile without it blowing up, somehow reload it or shoot it back and blow a hole in a couple ships. Mm. And the men in command were getting rather concerned because people in the jets were firing at UFOs and they were being destroyed and just some cases just disappeared and all of that. And after a while, they were losing so much, over 50 aircraft, that uh, they gave orders out to not fire at UFOs anymore. (laughs) So whoever's out there, they're watching what we're doing. We're killing ourselves all over the world and all of that. And Mm. they're watching and doing this. They said, but you can't fire at us. We're going to take your planes and do who knows what. And there were other cases where armor-piercing bullets were shot at these UFOs, and they were shot back. Wow. The same thing. So they don't shoot at them anymore. They chase them and all of that, but they don't shoot at them. They just leave them alone. Now, I know you've heard a lot of experiencers speak. They call them experiencers, the ones that are abducted. Generally speaking, do you find they have positive experiences or negative? Uh, Pretty much positive. Good. I, know, yeah. I know several people who have not had positive experiences. Mm-hmm. Uh, since you mentioned experiences, there's going to be an experiencers conference in Portland, Maine, and I'm quite sure it's the week after Labor Day. It's been there for the last three years, in which they have uh, people who have been experiencers, what you call abductions up there, and they talk about what they've seen up in Maine and other places and, and fellow named Travis Walton from down in Arizona had been there a couple times. He's a very well-known one. They made a movie about him, Fire in the Sky. Mm-hmm. So you could check that out. And on October 17th in Lemonster, Mass., at the town hall, there's going to be another UFO conference, and they're going to have Richard Dolan, D-O-L-A-N, and he's written several books, like at least four or five about the government and cover-ups going back throughout history. 
Mm. You know, back at that time, he's going to talk. I've heard him talk, and he was the one that told me that Edgar Mitchell has been told to shut up. You know, Ah. stop stop saying these things about the reverse engineering because Edgar said we do have their technology and we can go out in space and all of that. And another speaker there will be Jan Harzan, H-A-R-Z-A-N. He's the director of MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network, and he's going to talk too about that. And mm-hmm. if any of you who are listening have any UFOs to report anything sightings, uh, you can go to mufon.com, M-U-F-O-N.com, and there's an online form you can fill out describing um, height, distance, whatever things you see like that. And if you want to, you can be contacted by uh, a MUFON field investigator in the Massachusetts, Connecticut, Rhode Island, New Hampshire area. I used to do that with my friend Joe Nyman, who Rebecca knows, but I don't do too much unless people contact me. Mm-hmm. What, have you found a unifying a theme, a unifying craft, a unifying something that seems to consistently um, appear? They've changed over the years. If you go back 40 and 50 years, there are the little discs, the flying saucers type thing. And there are not so many of those around now. They mostly seem to be balls of light, little ones, maybe one or two feet across, which have been seen here in Westport by people I know. And the bigger ones, the uh, size of a basketball on up to maybe 100 feet or so. But people are not too good at estimating sizes of things because they don't know how far away they are. But what showed up? A lot more in the last 10 and 15 years are the triangles. And I know some people northwest of Providence who've seen a triangle estimated 100 feet across in a triangle with the light at each corner uh, going along and cross the road they were over. Mm. So there are a lot of triangles. And the general idea is now there's so many of these things around that they're probably art reverse engineered technology. But I don't know that, but that's the general consensus. And then in the last few years, orange balls of light. Don't know what they are, but a lot of them are orange like a pumpkin. So considering that there are billions and billions of planets out there older than us and what technologies, about anything you can think of is uh, an answer, in my opinion. Don't want to try and limit this to just a couple choices. Well, I had uh, one experience. I was on Martha's Vineyard watching a, a meteor shower in August, and you know, all of the the meteors were moving in one direction, and all of a sudden the sky started to block, block out huge chunks of sky, and uh, I just started to sense that what the heck is going on? I can't see the stars, and I thought it might be a cloud or something, but there was it was a cloudless evening, and then all of a sudden. I realized I, because it was black, I all of a sudden could see it. Look, my first impression was it was a stealth bomber. It made, again, no sound or anything else. But it was taking out huge chunks of sky. The thing was massive. And yes. it wasn't close. It was way up. And, um, you know, again, my feeling, you know, I got, I got really scared because it was so uh, overwhelming. And I was thinking that if this was ours, there would be no such thing as wars. Because, I mean, how could you defend against something that massive and uh, that, you know, having the ability to fly as well? 
That's really very interesting you should say that. I've had at least six reports of that. I call them black football fields. They are regular, and they are really big, and they have no lights on them at all. And at BCC there had reports this guy saying he's out on a clear night looking, and all of a sudden the stars disappear. (laughs) And then they appear again, like they disappear in the west, and then a while later they, they appear again in the east. This guy is under a big black whatever it is, and I know of one that's at least a mile across by uh, knowing where it was in the city and checking things out. So that's pretty interesting you've seen that because they are around. They're, I don't know what they are, uh, tour ships, cruise ships from the sky or whatever, and they just come down there and they block out the sky because you can't see through Well, that's how, that's how massive, massive this was. It was taking out. And I could see, just as the people, other people described, it was... It was erasing stars because it was passing between me and the stars. And then, you know, that's when I could see the other. As it passed, then I could see the stars come back. Yep. And then more. So it was definitely, definitely movement, definitely massive to the point of it was, you know, I felt minuscule uh, and just powerless uh, that whatever that those entities are that created that uh, Mm -hmm. was just staggering it is that's pretty that's pretty interesting and now a lot more people are going to hear this on this radio show if any of them in massachusetts they can contact me or if you're down in the westport area they could do that because i'd say that okay and what's the best way to contact you what's the best way uh, best way to in the in the new bedford phone book i guess 508-636-5379 great Great, because I've had uh, I've been interviewed twice by the Standard Times in New Bedford, maybe uh, twenty and twenty-five years ago, talking about MUFON and what they could see. And people will call me up, and they'll describe something they've seen ten or fifteen years ago, and they were really afraid. And they just had to have somebody to talk to about it and describe it and hang up. And I never know who they are. Right, right. Yeah, well, a lot I was, of want to talk about. Go ahead, Dwaraka. No, I, there's a lot of people that really would like to talk about their experiences with someone who's, um, you know, interested. Because when I did that lecture ch- series in Westport, yours was the most popular book. Yeah. It came out of the woodwork. <laughs> yeah. The general talk I gave UFO sightings in New England. What mm-hmm. people see. And I, yeah. So, so Vic, with all of the reading, you know, Von Daniken and et cetera, you know, Von Taneken saying basically that, uh, you know, we were inhabited by the aliens, that they came here, they constructed these things, they kind of, um, you know, um, inbred with uh, humans and then created a new species. Uh, so, and, you know, now the reoccurrence of seeing these things. What do you think, that, is there a unifying theme? You know, what, what do you think the intention of what these creatures are? I don't know. <laughs> However, I could come okay. up with 10 or 20 possible answers. But uh, if you want to get some people upset, tell them to read the Old Testament. And wherever you see angel, put in the word alien. Wherever you see cloud, put in the word flying saucer. And wherever mm-hmm. you see the word heaven, put in space. And then read yeah. Genesis chapter 6. 
the stories mm. all over the world, not just the Middle East and the Bible, but all over the world, South America and all of that, they all have the same story, the gods came down from the sky. And in Genesis, it says they had sex with the daughters of men. So sometimes people say, I want to see an alien. I tell them you're looking at one, and so am I. If you yeah, want to believe yeah, yeah, the Old yeah. Testament, it said the sons of God came down and found the daughters of men to be fair and had children with them. Interesting. Is that a hybrid? Mm. Are we mm. them? Yeah. Whatever. But there are lots of different kinds of aliens out there. Some are the little grays, the big grays. The other ones uh, look more like uh, tall, thin things like insects and all of that. My opinion and that of uh, Eric Von Daniken, too, and others, is we are them. That's some mm-hmm. at least that some whole unifying, are. right, that the, that, the, that the world is one. Uh, those people who are listening live, you're, we're going to lose you in a couple of seconds here, but come back and the, you can listen to the podcast for the next 15, uh, 15 minutes that exist on the show, so we'll continue. Um, again, I'm just uh, spellbound by it. I uh, I won't divulge the name, but I was connected with a family uh, in Acton, Massachusetts, that um, through through generations were objects of abduction. Yes, and and uh, you know, I mean, I just totally believe. I mean, it wasn't just one person telling me what happened. In fact, he was. Uh, a couple of times taken ill and had miraculous, was, you know, recollected being um, abducted, you know, had lost, you know, consciousness or whatever, and then the next day was completely cured of uh, some pretty serious stuff. That happened. Um, you know, like, the, yeah, that they he, he was brought into a craft and, um, you know, worked on and then put back. Yeah, right straight out of Star Trek. You put them on the table, and we have all of this fantastic cures that we don't have right now, but they have it millions of years ahead. Now, yeah. in your MUFON yeah. adventures, too, have you discovered that there are certain parts of this country that it's more prevalent? I don't know. Or, you, or it's everywhere. It doesn't really matter where you live. I know people are abducted in New York City, even. Yeah, but look at the population there. What do you have, 15 million people? And then take a look at North and South Dakota. There's hardly anybody there. So Mm -hmm. just looking at population concentrations would do it, I would think. Now, are you familiar with the story of how Eisenhower met with some of them and had a meeting? Yeah. Yeah, Out there, White Sands, Socorro, the B-36. They shut off the radars, his plane came in, landed, went out as far as could go on the runway, and the disc showed up, and they were whatever they did. And then they took off, and then they turned the radars back on. That's pretty well documented. Right. Well, they say he agreed that they could examine humans as long as they didn't hurt them and if they would erase the memory that it happened um, because he made some agreement with them. But I've also heard that there was a man... Valiant Thor was his name, who visited the Pentagon extensively and could have brought all the solutions that are plaguing mankind to humanity, and they just, our government decided it would disrupt things too much to um, correct all these horrible problems that we're always dealing with. 
mm. like, you know, disease, the economy, that sort of thing. It gets fairly complicated. Who's mm. got the money? Who wants to do what? How many aliens are living amongst us? And everything extremely right. complicated. And we don't yeah. know what the agenda is of civilizations that are, let's say, 50 or 100 million years ahead of us. Mm. What are they doing with humankind? We're uh, doing tribal warfare and basically killing each other all over the world and has been throughout history. Is this what mm-hmm. we're supposed to do? They just let us go with some interference? I don't know. Mm. Mm. But they can do whatever you, they want. They, feel... they, shut off the, they shut off the Minuteman missiles, reprogram them, turn them down, turn them back on. Mm. Yeah. I'm I'm curious about the Eisenhower thing. This was when he was president at the uh, what you Air Force One was. Yeah, Air Force One was a B thirty six bomber. That's what he flew in oh. out there. Yeah, we oh, okay. tend to think things were rather primitive way back then. And as far as having an agreement with whatever they are out there, it's only good if they want it to be good. If if they can take right. a Tomahawk missile, capture it, turn around, turn it around, and shoot it the next day. Any agreement we have is uh, as good as any agreement we might have with Iran or Russia or North Vietnam mm. or all of that. It's only good as long as they want it to be good. So where right. are we? We're at the bottom of the totem pole technologically. Right. You know, I read a book, uh, The D- DMT Molecule, and, um, you know, basically, uh, you know, something similar to LSD. I think it's one of the main components of LSD. And they administer to people in, all, in almost all of the cases uh, they had, uh, you know, alien encounters while under the influence of that. Uh, and, and they were, again, they were unified there were a consistent theme it wasn't like somebody was seeing one thing and then you know so it wasn't uh, uh, there was a common consciousness to it okay uh have you have you heard any of that not directly of what you're talking about but i think that goes back to the idea that if you've got some let's say form of humanity on earth and god's small g big g whatever come down and interbreed with us and do this and that that we're going to have some type of alien consciousness hidden within some of us anyway. So maybe that's where it comes from. I tend okay. to think, yes, maybe, why not, and what if. And I also right. want to say in my bookless Secrets of the Universe, there are many answers. So try not to use the word or. Is it this or that? You can say it's this or that or that or that. So what you say is perfectly acceptable, but there may be five other answers to that one. I don't know. How do you think it transforms people uh, metaphysically? I mean, uh, you know, you, you talked about Edgar Mitchell. He ha- he had a, a mystical experience. Do you feel that uh, most people do come away with some kind of mystical transformation? Not that I'm aware of. His uh, experience okay. was on the moon, and he felt like this feeling of universal consciousness. Everything is one, and we came back he founded this group called IONS, I-O-N-S, Institute of Noetic Sciences, Noetic means Knowledge, and he's working with developing consciousness within us all. So he's working with that. But I know some people around here who have been visited, and we don't say abducted because they seem to be planned. We call it experiencers. 
and things happen, and they go on a craft and do this and that, and, and if you I know, they haven't mentioned any mystical experience, and they continue with their lives, and either they don't know or they won't say what happened on mm. this craft. So I don't know. Yeah, it well, seems if the abductions say. aren't necessarily a physical abduction. It's just like they're somehow sucked up in some crazy way. Hey, I'm glad you mentioned that because they're my uh, UFO researcher I used to work with till he moved away. These UFO experiencers, they're only sometimes physical, and other times they're like an out-of-body experience. It's right, like right. The, the psychic body of this person gets up out of the person and goes through the wall and interacts with something else and comes back. There are both physical ones and what you might call a mental visits and experiencers. And in one case with uh, twin sisters, they were both together, and one of them was visited, the other one was not. And the first sister saw like this psychic body that looks like a real person but looks like a ghost and all of that just come out of this person like an out-of-body experience and go off with the UFOs and come back later. Meanwhile, the body's still sitting there sleeping or whatever. Mm. And they do run in families, as you mentioned before, too. They'll go from uh, father to daughter to grandfather and all of that. They're they're following a pattern of DNA or whatever they're doing. They follow them along. I used to know some people, but they sort of moved away and lost touch with them. How does this make you feel personally? I mean, are you, are you happy that you uh, chose to you know investigate this, that it's altered your life in any way? It's altered my life in a positive way. I am one of the most curious persons and imaginative persons you will ever meet, and I want to know. I want to know what's going on. I want to know who I was in past lives going back thousands of years and what I have to do with this and all of that. I'm just extremely curious. Okay, and so and obviously, for just from the tone of your voice, a very positive. And Rebecca, you talked about your experience. It's interesting that a lot of it seems to be. I was on the vineyard. You were in New Bedford, uh, Rebecca, when you mm. had your encounter. Right. Uh, Westport. Westport. We heard a lot about right. Westport last week yep. when we talked to Aaron uh, mm-hmm. Kedu with his um, his documentary the Bridgewater about the Triangle. Uh, Bridgewater Triangle. Yeah. Uh, so, what's your take, Rebecca? Uh, well, you know, I, I do think there's something to be said for families having experiences. I have a niece who used to draw pictures of UFOs and aliens when she was about two years old and told me stories that were simply amazing about how they would come to her backyard in the middle of the night and visit her. And I have a brother who saw a UFO in um, Middleborough in the woods when he was very young. And, um, yeah, they, I think certain people have those experiences. And... I think it can really open your mind to possibilities. Like, I know Vic is a very curious person, so am I, and part of that is because I've seen something that I can't explain, and that can be a very powerful experience. Right. Mm. Uh, The other encounter I had, Vic, was I had a place up in Newport, New Hampshire, and I was always coming home late at night because I was an entertainer and I'd be out doing a show or something, come back. And I remember... uh, I just had a window that overlooked the town, and these two lights just came in uh, and hovered over the middle of the town. And I kept staring at it because they were flashing and everything, and all of a sudden, bam, they were gone. 
I mean, I just they just streaked across the sky. Uh, you know, it, nothing could move that fast. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that I, you know, on our level. Um, and, and again, it kind of, it, 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 you know, I think you you know what you're seeing. You know you're not dreaming. You know, but at the same time, you just it is so out of the ordinary that you it's you can't wrap your head around it. Exactly. So you're going to be more curious now. Or maybe you check out a few things like Earth Files or another one called Filers Files. George Filer, F-I-L-E-R-S. Files has a weekly blurb he sends out. It's free to anybody, and he was in the Air Force and had some experience with these types of things. So if you and anybody else that's listening, go ahead and check out the History Channel, the Filers Files, Earth Files, and especially MUFON.com, and see what you think. Earth is a school. You want to keep learning as much as possible. Earth is a school. Now, has the United States opened up? Files? Are the files open in the U.S. yet? I didn't hear what you said. The files in the U.S., the United States government, have they released and opened the files None. to the public? No. Nope. Okay. They're still denying that it happens, even even though they just know these planes are shot down. I could tell more stories about planes that disappeared when UFOs took them. They just deny it. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. why I'm hoping all of this material going on in a history channel and tv channel and earth files and all of that they're getting more and more people aware that of this technology and they can shut down missiles and they can grab airplanes do who knows what they're getting more and more aware that we are not alone and it, i think it's got to be a slow process but six or seven years here with the history channel is quite interesting and more people are watching so what's going to happen disclosure i hope mm-hmm. Well, Vic, you sound extremely optimistic about all of this, not something to be terrified of or whatever. Yes, but the alternative is <laughs> not so good, so who would want to think about that? So, meanwhile, yeah. we must keep bumbling along. In Earth of the yep. School, we want to keep helping each other. I'm a retired teacher, but I'm still a teacher. I'm teaching now by talking to you and others and doing what I can and other people to yeah, just have fun. people it's learn fun. more about what uh, the universe is about, what life is about. Absolutely. Well, this is great. Rebecca, you got anything else? Because we only got about a minute here. Well, I can just say he's a wealth of information, and I love hearing these stories. They're absolutely fascinating. And I think it's important for people to hear them because there are so many people out there that have never told anyone about an experience they've had, and I've met them. Yes. You know, um, it's frightening for them to think that nobody's going to believe them. So it's it's good to spread the word. And thank you, Vic. You're welcome. Yeah, this has you. been fun. Thank you so much. And please come back. We uh, we love having guests like you. That uh, you know, again, uh, this is called upbeat because we want to stay upbeat and we want to you know bring people to a, a as you said throughout the entire thing different levels of consciousness the kind of things that Edgar Mitchell and the rest both uh, Rebecca and I have had mystical experiences and you know science always tries to come in and disprove or say that you know skeptical etc and you know after years of you know engaging the skeptics i finally came to realize and you know i want to make this point i think i've made it a few times in other shows Science obviously is, has helped mankind incredibly. I think on overall health and overall uh, conveniences and just comfort in life to, to have the technologies we have and 
uh, to, to advance as we have. But there's nothing in science that will teach me how to live uh, from an individual standpoint. In other words, there's nothing that science has to offer in terms of teaching me to be compassionate, to be forgiving, to be loving. It just doesn't enter that realm. And nobody can tell, and I thought this is helpful for the listeners, nobody can question or doubt your particular mystical or UFO experience. It's yours. Yes, it is. And even though it can't be repeated and quantified and tested, it's it's your experience. Agreed. Yeah. So, I mean, don't don't dis, 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 disown it or, or discredit it. Um, ch- you know, cherish it that you were gifted to have that and understand that there's nothing in science or fact that can, you know, dispute or, or uh, disclaim it. Okay. Well, I like those attitudes and viewpoints, and I think we should talk again. All right. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Thank okay. You. Thank you. Thanks, Rebecca, for putting this together. It was great. Okay. Okay. All right. Have a good day. Bye. Bye bye. Well, that's it. (laughs) So much fun. 